Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Monday, December 20th, and we have a mess on our hands with two Monday Night Football games, one at 5 p.m., I believe, on NFL Network, the next one at uh, the usual 8.15 starting time on ESPN, Vegas at Cleveland, Minnesota at Chicago. Of course, the first one is the rescheduled game. Um, it, 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 yeah, We'll get to all this in a second. Joining me to break it all down, multiple games, dealing with multiple of my messes, Tyler Sullivan. Sully, what's up, buddy? Well, what's going on? How you doing? I, I'm a, you have a bigger wreck than normal. Like, usually I'm like a, uh, a sort of, like a, a tightly controlled mess. Today, say, sprawling I the disaster. Game, I the games are going to be the messiest part of this whole thing. But I know. No, I, 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 know. I might take the cake. So, it, it, I mean, just <laughs> for whatever reason, my email isn't working. And I'm just like, this is the, this is the primary issue here. Uh, Sully, Debo, and I were trying to communicate, and I had no. No one cares about this. Anyway, l- 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna sum up how my morning is going in a nutshell. I have a missed FaceTime call from Pete Prisco. There it is. There you go. That's it. So let's uh, a couple of things to point out. One, this should be on YouTube. YouTube.com/slash/pick6. If you're watching on YouTube, smash that like button. Hook your boys up with some likes. Always helps. And we try and, I don't know, it helps the channel, helps the, uh, helps the brand, et cetera, et cetera. And then two, if you're listening on Spotify, you can uh, leave a five-star review or a five-star rating, excuse me. Spotify has just recently added ratings to their podcast system, which is brand new. Sort of a thing that, you know, you would, you know, if I were starting an audio company based entirely on, uh, you know, the quality of music or like music and, and podcasts, I would probably have that from jump street, but Hey, look, you know, six or seven years in, why not decide to add a review a rating process? Good for Spotify. So uh, hit us up with a five-star rating. We got two games tonight, Sully. And I mean, honestly, we, we had some scheduling snafus. It, it worked out for the best, even though <laughs> the past 30 minutes have probably been, we'll never get the past 30 minutes of our lives back. But uh, the Browns, we have now found out, we know what the deal with their COVID situation is. It was believed that the – so the NFL wanted to move this back in order to help uh, play, uh, I don't know, player safety, maybe player safety, we think. Basically, want to give the Browns more time to test out, of, test out of the COVID protocols. It looks like safety Josh Johnson is the only player for the Browns to test out of COVID protocols, which means that it was probably unnecessary for the, Brown, for the NFL to push this back. Neither Baker Mayfield nor – Case Keenum tested out a pro, uh, COVID protocols the Browns announced, which means I think I got this correct. There's going to be a white teller had previously tested out, I believe, right? Yep. Okay. Um, so I think we have, this is, all right. So this is going to be a tricky game to deal with. We don't have a spread up right now. 
Uh, it, it has the lock item on, on old, on old. Oh no, here we go. New spread up on Caesars, fresh out of the oven, baked for your pleasure. Las Vegas Raiders minus one over under 40 and a half. The Raiders are favored by one because Nick Mullins will be the starting quarterback for the Browns. I believe the COVID list for Cleveland, just yell at me if I say a name that, that, that doesn't work, includes Jarvis Landry, Jedrick Wills. Um, I had the whole thing written down right here. Here we go. Uh, yes, Baker Mayfield, Case Keenum, James Hudson, Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper, Kareem Hunt, and that's just on the offense. On the defensive side of things, Clowney, David Clowney, obviously, Malik McDowell, John Johnson tested off, Ronnie Harrison, Grant Delpit, and Troy Hill. So we are talking, those are just, uh, we're just, those are just like starter level guys. And I'll tell you this, Will, uh, this is Diana Rossini, ESPN at 1026 AM. So just, you know, keep that in mind when you listen to the podcast. Head coach Kevin Stefanski did not test out of COVID protocols yet. She said that she was told that they're still waiting on more results. Uh, so, you know, wait and see there. But right now, he hasn't tested out of it. So no Kevin Stefanski likely for the Cleveland Browns as well. They will be missing their – actually, you know what's crazy? I actually have some props up on uh, on this game already. So we'll get to those in a second. Let's, um, let's talk about how you – I mean – how you handle betting on this game. Good effing luck. I had uh, Raiders plus six and a half and had come back and gotten Browns plus four. And then the NFL again appears to, I mean, look, yeah, they, I, I think they basically did what they had the good intentions when they moved it. Um, but it canceled out my free money because I had both teams plus th- plus six. I had plus six and plus four on both sides. And then, of course, the book cancels it because they moved the date of the game to Monday. Um, you know, my two, my two units are, are certainly low on the totem pole of important things. But, you know, um, how, how are you going to handle betting on this game? Like, wh- I mean, I, I, I don't. This is a live bet situation for me. This okay. is something that you go into it. You, you know, it, Listen, we're going to hear more information as we get closer to kickoff. If you feel confident in one way or another, whether, you know, right before, sure, go for it. But for me, if I'm trying to be a little bit more conservatively about this game, which I think you probably should be just given all the uncertainty (laughs) and how all of this is going to look, you go into it saying, all right, let's see what this is going to look like through maybe the first quarter, first couple of series, and then you start making your moves there. I would lean a little bit more towards the Raiders now, especially with both quarterbacks being out, potentially no head coach. I mean, that with Nick Mullins, to me, it just feels like that's you, you lean a little bit towards the Raiders there. But ultimately, I want to see how these teams look coming out of this just because, again, we don't know. This is a weird kind of game, weird circumstance for both teams. Like you said, there are guys coming off of it, but not as much as maybe we thought. Did it really even matter that they even moved this game to Monday? Probably not. So to me, I, I would lean more towards the Raiders. But again, I'm waiting to live bet this game, I think. I will say that it is kind of stanky that the Raiders are just minus one. Like, why is this game a pick them? The Browns didn't get anybody back. The Browns were plus four. And, I mean, Josh Johnson's not worth three to the line. You know, they didn't – again, they they just didn't get anybody back. And so, I am am just confused by the nature of this line – I do think we'll I see. Think, I think it's because I think it's because the Raiders have kind of been ripe for the picking for a little for a little while now. I mean, you know, if this was everything even, and obviously it's certainly not, but this is kind of a slam play for me for the Browns because the Raiders just 
they've seemed lost offensively. You know, it just seems like their season has gone completely off the rails. Meanwhile, Cleveland, they've been hanging around a little bit. You know, obviously the, the, the division might be, you know, it's still still pretty close, especially with the Ravens losing uh, yesterday, third in a row. So to me, maybe that's just they're, they're kind of live here a little bit. But ultimately, again, there's just so many guys out. And if they're, you know, out, out, their head coach isn't a part of it either. To me, that would just make me want to fade them a little bit. Yeah. I mean, we have neither head coaches involved. I mean, you have the you know, Raiders have the interim head coach. The whole, I mean, the whole thing, the whole thing is just, a, I mean, it's just a mess. I mean, you look at this Browns depth. All right. If you told, if you take this game and tell, and, and run through the list of guys that are playing that aren't playing and, and then you say to me that the Raiders have everybody in tow for this game. And you ask me what the line is. I'm thinking it's like Raiders minus four at, yeah. at, at worst case, even though it's included, I will say this, the Browns are going to run the crap. And, and by the way, this is a huge game for playoff implications. The Browns are currently the number nine seed in the AFC. The Raiders are currently the 13 seed, but they are six and seven. A win from the Raiders here against a completely decimated Brown squad puts them right back in the playoff mix. If the Browns win, they're in first place in the division. So they have to go out there with Nick Mullins, no coach, like missing like five of their better, five of their top like defensive starters, a bunch of offensive players, and be, try to beat a Raiders team with basically Nick Chubb and Miles Garrett. And I don't think it's that crazy that Nick Chubb just goes superhuman today today because it's not even tonight it's today it's at 5 p.m and and has some monster game runs the ball all over the Raiders the Browns are dinking and dunking and and chewing up clock and 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 you know keeping not necessarily keeping the ball out of Derek Carr's hands but just shortening the game beating the Raiders with their and forcing, forcing the Raiders to try to stretch the field, to throw the ball around because frankly, the Raiders have not been good at getting vertical at all since the Henry Ruggs accident happened. And I think that's what you want to do. You don't want to allow the Raiders to control this game. You want to force the Raiders to, um, into uncomfortable positions. And I don't know if you've ever seen yes, mall rats, but to, not to, like to the me, remind to me, it reminds me of that Dernis Johnson game earlier this year. Exactly, just, exactly. You know, that's that's the blueprint for the Cleveland Browns to kind of get this game going. And, you know, that's the other thing that you point out here with Nick Chubb. He, he's one of those guys that just hasn't been a part of this COVID scare, really, you know, over the, you know, with this cancellation and rescheduling, I should say. So, you know, you have your arguably your best offensive weapon available, healthy, ready to go here. So that is a huge advantage, I think, for Cleveland against the team. Again, like the Raiders, like I said, I lean towards them maybe at one here, but ultimately, like I said, they are ripe for the picking. This is a team that is on a downward trajectory. Like you said, the Browns vying for playoff positioning could put themselves firmly in the playoff picture with the win tonight. So, yeah, to me, I could totally see a path there where it's just the Nick Chubb type of game where it, very similar to Johnson earlier this year where you just hammer the running game and try to keep the Raiders off the field as much as possible. I mean, phew. Oh, uh, Raiders have already moved out to one and a half on Caesars. So if, I mean, nobody, nobody, you know what, nobody listening to this is going to be able to bet it in live time because we are not live. We are, and in fact, Diva's not even on. You know what? I'm, I'm really pulling back the curtain for, uh, for today. I don't know why. Uh, maybe it's because I just feel so flustered from, from the, like the general, uh, nature of this game. I do think that under is probably a look. Yeah. I'm not sure this, this should be over 40. 
And, and so for, for, for me, all right, a couple of things. One, it feels like anecdotally, Sully, that uh, these games featuring, so th- this runs you know, contradictory to the Nick Chubb might annihilate the Raiders idea, but it feels like anecdotally these games where that have been moved over the past year and a half or whatever have always sort of ended up with the team that was inconvenienced, like having a, like being like, all right, F you, like you move our, you move our game to Tuesday. Like, all right. You know, remember the Titans took care of the bills when it, it seemed like the bills would obviously thrash them. I mean, that's the first one that popped in my mind. Um, didn't the Steelers get screwed by the Ravens? And then I can't remember if they, RG, that was an RG three game, right? Yeah, maybe so. God, it all blends together now, these COVID games. But it, it, I mean, I could see the, the the Raiders could come into town pissed off, run Josh Jacobs down the, the Browns' throat, you know, take a couple of shots on play action, and force the Browns into having to use Nick Mullins more than they want to. Like if, if And to, that's to your point about the live betting thing, is if the Raiders jump on top of the Browns, it's going to be real hard for the Browns to come back. Yeah. But if the Browns jump on top of the Raiders – I think then then the Browns, who are a short dog, are absolutely uh, live to 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 win it, and and you shouldn't be scared of betting them if, if it's a short number. I, you know, like if they jumped out ten nothing, I don't know what the Browns live line would be. Maybe it's like Browns minus six and a half or something like that. I don't see the Raiders storming back against them, mainly because if if you get a a fully charged Miles Garrett going chasing after Derek Carr without any real deep threat for them to attack you vertically with, it's hard. It's just hard for me to picture. Like they're not going to crush the Browns by feeding the, the animal that is Hunter Renfro, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think even before, you know, before those, those lines locked, I saw Renfro uh, with a profit, like 77 yards, 77 and a half. I think there that you go over, I guess. Mm-hmm. You just, I do you go over it's that? So, that's a stinky prop too. Yeah, it was, you know, we'll see how it changes, obviously, now that it's reopened and stuff like that. But, like, you know, 100, over 100 yards the past three games, It's it, that that's one, I guess, that, you know, they, maybe they're trying to get you there a little bit. But to me, you know, I keep referencing that game back, uh, back in October, late October against the Denver Broncos and the Browns. The reason why I bring it up is because they were without Baker Mayfield in that game. Case Keenum was the quarterback. They were without both Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. And they just completely doubled down on the run with a guy yeah. named Dernis Johnson, who at the time no one really heard of. You think he had like 21 carries in that? I game. mean, people were scared to play him in fantasy and scared to play him in, in the, as your captain in DFS. And he balled out as the running back for the Browns against the Broncos in a in a, in a short you know, week, a Thursday game. Yep. And, and again, if that's going to happen with D- Dernis Johnson, what's going to happen with Nick Chubb when you have him? Correct. To go? That, we're, you're going to see a very healthy amount of carries there. He might, he might touch the ball 30 times. Here's another thing that warrants watching, and I I don't want to pile on my guy, Derek Carr here, but it's going to be 37 degrees at, uh, it'll probably be about 40. It'll be in the low forties, high thirties at kick and get colder, obviously, as the evening goes along 13, 15 to 10 mile an hour winds for the entire games, entire game in Cleveland, we have seen, oh man, let me find it real quick. The, I think it was 2019 Browns. We have seen a, was it 2009? That was the Freddie Kitchens team, right? Maybe it was, oh gosh, was it last year? I, I this is, this whole thing is a mess. Um, he said, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking, yes, it was last year. So remember the, the stretch of games 
for the Browns, like it feels like 10 years ago, the stretch games for the Browns last year, week eight before the bye, they lose to the Raiders six to 16 at home in a uh, 1 p.m. Sunday game, November 1st, that featured, let's see what the weather was, pre-kick, 49 degrees, thought it was 35 miles an hour win. It was just, it was one of those games where Derek Carr, 15 to 24, Baker Mayfield, 12 to 25. Now, clearly the wind is not this bad, but we, you know, the next couple of weeks, three straight home games with a bye mixed in, the Texans, the Browns win 10 to 7. The week after that against the Eagles, the Browns win 22 to 17. My, my point is that the, these sort of, and this is not bad weather in Cleveland tonight, but these sort of games can lend themselves to an under real quick in that, in that stadium with these teams trying to sort of slow things down. And even, you know, Vegas, I don't think is going to come in trying to, you know, whip it all over the place. Like they're going to want to, you get a, you get a 10, 14 point lead on the Browns with Nick Mullins and you're feeling like you got this thing in control. So I like the under, probably like the first half under. And I mean, I think I lean, I, I think your live betting suggestion is probably the best thing to do because you just, I don't know that you can bet this right now. I mean, if, if you, if you put a gun to my head, I would take the Raiders probably. I mean, yeah. If you feel confident one way or another, more, more power to you. I want to see how both these teams look. I want to, I want at least a series just to kind of feel it out because again, we don't or even just a pregame show. Do we even get a pregame yeah. show? Like right. I like to, just, I, I like to see like, do I get a dejected Nick Mullins like panicking on the sidelines? Like, well, you know, yeah, like he's he's got the bug eye where it's just like, oh boy, okay, deer in a headlight. It's like, all right, <laughs> that's well, right. Maybe we should go with the Raiders here a little bit. But I do, you know, lean more towards the the uh, live betting kind of strategy here for this game. If you've never done it before, it's fun. You know, that's that's something that maybe you know, again, gambling getting a, a m- much more commonplace in the NFL this season. I think that might be something for from first timers. Maybe kind of dip your toe into it for tonight. Yeah, live so, betting's a blast. Like and and if you can on the live betting side, in a perfect world, you can get. Both teams plus money. So, in theory, and we talk, I've talked about this sometimes, but like you bet the, I don't know the line is even good enough to bet it right now, but when somebody scores in a game with an over under a 40 and a half, if the Raiders come out and score a touchdown on their first drive, the Browns are going to be like plus 220 or plus 200. You can bet the Browns then, hope that they score the next two, uh, they score the next two times before the Raiders do, and then you can get the Raiders plus money. So, Sort of think about it that way, or the, or the Browns score first, take the Raiders on the plus money, hope that they even it up, and then you want to be able to get plus money on both sides in a perfect world so you can guarantee yourself some profit um, or just keep slamming the... And I think, too, if you, if you get, if the Browns get up, you know, it's not unreasonable to suggest that it will then lean more to Cleveland and the under. You know, there are certain scripts that favor in live betting. Anyway, um, okay, so... We can't, uh, you know, I'll, I'm going to use the props that are on my site since I <laughs> didn't see this coming. I've got props and Caesars doesn't. That's a, uh, that's a shock. So for uh, Derek Carr, I've got 255 and a half passing yards uh, as the, the total. That's down from 258 from a few minutes ago. Um, I'm going to take the under. I, I, Derek Carr under passing yards is something I'm interested in. I'm probably interested in Nick Mullins passing yards under blindly. Yeah, I was gonna. <laughs> I like, don't even think I need to know what the number is. The I have a. Uh, so we didn't know about Kareem Hunt yet, so we don't have a. I don't have a Nick Chubb rushing prop quite yet. Josh Jacobs over under fifty eight and a half rushing yards. I had written down. Here's what here's what I had written down after we finished the Sunday night podcast as like just sort of kind of guessing. 
at some of these props. I said I would take the over on Nick Chubb rushing yards 85 and a half or better. Even with some of his offensive linemen out, I think you can justifiably say that Nick Chubb is going to get fed in this game. I don't think there's a. I don't think he gets game scripted out. Even a fourteen nothing deficit, Nick. Chubb, they're going to have to keep giving it to Nick Chubb. There's not a ton of pass catchers out there uh, for Nick Mullins. Uh, David and Joku. Okay, we're on the same page then. David and Joku, as you nod your head, uh, it, over. I guess two and a half catches. Okay. But maybe it's a little bit higher if he's the only tight end because Austin Hooper and Harrison Harrison Bryant is actually injured. To add to the Browns' problems, they also have. Uh, Harrison Bryant and Malik Jackson are listed as questionable. So I like Njoku over catches and over receiving yards if it's low enough. It would need to be in the mid-30s or lower maybe? I was going to say like 30 and a half. I feel yeah. Like I'd, I'd, I'd be comfortable going over. Yeah, that that's, that's – a yeah. I mean, even up to like maybe 33 and a half just because, again, you know, I can't stress enough this is fluid, but no Jarvis Landry – um, you know, he's going to be thrown to Donovan's people. Jones. Donovan people. Jones is, uh, you know, could end up being a, a factor in this game and it will touch on the DFS stuff. We'll do the two game slate at the end of the uh, full podcast, but, um, first touchdown score. I don't know what to do here. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, there's no, there's, I, I, I'll see if I've got anything on this, on my site. I mean, this, sorry if, if this uh, podcast for those listening feels, uh, uh, like riding with my wife on the highway, but it's this is what the. This. I mean, the Nick Chubb number is going to be ridiculous. I mean, you, you, I, I don't know how you said it where I don't take the over on Nick Chubb carries right. and rush yards. Right, but I'm saying even first touchdown like that. Also, oh, oh right, 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 right. Nick Chubb will be like four to one. Yeah, it's going to be insane. Yeah, I don't have any. Um, I don't have. I have. Tu- I've uh, anytime touchdowns. You know Nick, Nick Chubb minus – oh, okay. Well, that's a bet. Nick Chubb minus 125 anytime touchdown. I'll take that all day. Sure. Absolutely. But I think maybe first touchdown, depending on what the odds are. And Joku might be a play there. He could be somebody that you, you look at. And Joku first touchdown for sure. It, it would need to be probably 13 to 1 or 12 to 1 or better. And it, exactly it, what I was thinking. There just won't be a lot of guys out there. Um, David and Joku, ooh, anytime touchdown, David and Joku plus 275. I don't. Okay. Th- I don't. I do not dislike that. Okay. Like that's a that's stabbable. I think. Mm-hmm. Little half unit, half unit play on uh, David and Joku anytime touchdown two seventy five. We also have. Dearness Johnson might get some carries here too. Yeah, I mean, listen, they, this is an offense that will feature multiple running backs. We've we've seen it time and time again. And if Kareem Hunt is is not going to play in this game, then you know, sure, Johnson's going to have plenty of work when when Nick Chubb's not on the field. Yeah, um, uh, Darren Waller is out for this game as well for the Raiders. That's probably important too. So uh, Foster Moreau plus two fifty anytime touchdown. Let me see if I got numbers for him on props receptions. I've got a uh, Hunter Renfro over under six and a half receptions. Foster Moreau twenty six and a half receiving yards, and like you said, uh, Hunter Renfro seventy seven and a half receiving yards. I think that there's a case to take the under on Hunter Renfro and. I was looking at it. If you look at some of, um, like projection wise, he projects way under that. Mm-hmm. In certain, depending on you know what you're looking at, the problem is, for the first eleven weeks of the season, Hunter Renfro averaged five point six catches per game and fifty two point four yards per game, and he was Hunter Renfro, short, late round pick from 
Clemson, who looks like me and you. Over the last three weeks, Hunter Renfro is averaging 10 catches and 117.7 yards per game. Uh, he only has one touchdown in that span, but he's morphed into Calvin Johnson. So, like, first-round pick. And so, it's it's a little scary to get in front of Hunter Renfro, given his targets, eight, uh, excuse me, nine, 10, and 14 the last uh, three weeks. He is, I mean, he is, he, he is not caught three of his targets, three of his insanely large amount of targets over the last three weeks. He's been incredible well it's not a coincidence that darren waller hasn't been playing him for know? sure so that's it's exactly it's where all those targets are going and, and again the Der- Derek Carr doesn't trust anybody else on that offense really exactly the, the raiders don't have a lot of pass catchers that Derek carr feels comfortable throwing to they've just been decimated either through off the field issues or injuries and hunter renfro is for sure one of the guys that maybe the guy that Derek carr likes to throw to even when everybody's healthy and, and on the field so again it's not surprising to see those numbers go up. I do agree with you, I guess, because, again, he's been an absolute stud over these last three weeks. But when you're talking about a game that we're, we're looking at here and just a, a lot of, you know, it looks like it's going to be an under game or it feels like the makings of something that's going to go under. I don't know if he's going to see that many opportunities to really just absolutely light it up through the air. The, the issue is that if the Raiders – well, so if the Raiders get up, yeah, the question is do they get up via Hunter Renfro? Because that's how you would get distru- that's how you'd get wrecked here. If they get up without Hunter Renfro, then you feel pretty good about this going under because they're going to lean into Josh Jacobs and just run the crap out of the ball. Th- there's just a there's a there's a a situation where the Browns have a double digit lead, fourteen nothing in the second quarter, and it's just the Hunter Renfro show, and that's that's a little unnerving. Uh, and, and it's not it's not like you know he could go for eighty yards. Pretty easily on seven that would catches. Be a quiet night compared to his last month, right? And it's just he could, he he could just, and he could get there really quickly in like the third quarter or something like that. So I, I don't, I don't know that I necessarily want to get in front of that under, um, just because it's you know of who of who we're talking about. The but yeah, Derek Carr underpassing. I like Derek Carr underpassing yards at two. Still like it at two fifty five and a half. Um, any other any other props that we're making up on the fly. Actually, you know what? I even suggested. I was writing. I was thinking about last night. I saw Foster Moreau was eleven to one for first touchdown. I don't hate that. Derek Carr was twenty four to one. Don't hate that. I just think you could even just put like two units on Nick Chubb five to one. Yeah, and it's kind of that's what I was saying earlier. Just it just feels like this is one of those games where maybe you just lean into that. We always try to look for like that ten to one or better value. But in a game like this, where one side in the in the Browns clearly is decimated in terms of skill position players on, on the offensive side of the ball, you might just double down on their best guy that right. they were going to give it to anyways. The Browns are going to the Browns offense is going to flow through one guy, and it's Nick Chubb. And they're basically going to ask the offensive line go out there, block your asses off, let Chubb pop one pop pop one to the house, and we can win this game. And we'll and if you're Cleveland, you're thinking. You come away with a win here. You're in first place in the division, despite everything that's happened to you this season. You know the worst possible injury luck. You know tons of COVID issues. You know De- the Dearness Johnson game you pointed out. You feel like if you go out and steal this game, like all of a sudden maybe maybe it is a magical season. You know or, I don't know if there's any magical about the season, but maybe it's a special year or something like that. Okay, that is the Cleveland Oakland I mean, Las Vegas game. Jeez, uh, as best we can do it, and it's. If if you if you are if you have questions about a prop if you have questions about uh, you know some sort of bet that you want to make any kind of issue tweet us at Tyler Sully or at Will Brinson and we will try to answer it for you 
Let's take a break, and when we come back, we will discuss the second Monday night game, Bears hosting the Vikings. Citizen sleuths are focusing on the brutal slayings of four college kids. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. This is the start of something major. Follows online detectives as they unravel the mystery of the infamous Idaho college murders. There's plenty of places to hide a weapon. And turned it into a social media phenomenon. Where are the roommates? It is a huge night. the truth from you. Hashtag cyber sleuths. The Idaho murders now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. New CBS Monday. NCIS is back. We need all hands on deck. So grab your gear. NCIS! And join our elite team. What are the charges? Murder. New cases to be solved. Double tap to the chest. Same caliber as the murder weapon. And new criminals to catch. That's the bomb maker. Where's the bomb? A new NCIS. Monday, 9, 8 central. On CBS. And streaming on Paramount+. Plus. So Minnesota and Chicago will play at 8.15 in the regular slot on Monday Night Football. The Bear, the Vikings are now a robust six-and-a-half-point favorite, Sully, with an over-under 45-and-a-half. This line was four yesterday and now has shot up to six-and-a-half. I would assume, even though we don't have – I mean, if you go to the injury report and, and look at it, and we don't know the official status and probably won't know until – Monday night, and if you've seen something different, please let me know. But um, Roquan Smith and Akeem Hicks, both questionable. Dalvin Cook, no injury designation. Brashad Breeland, did he, he got he's cut. Yeah. He was been, he's been cut. Yeah. Uh, Adam Thielen is questionable and hasn't practiced. Christian Darisol is going to be back. Eric Kendricks is going to be back. The Vikings look pretty healthy, and the Bears look like a hot – I mean, a bunch of the guys got through for Chicago – in terms of uh, their ability to their availability, but Jason Peters is out, and Roquan Smith and Akeem Hicks are both questionable. Roquan Smith and Akeem Hicks hashtag matter. If yeah. if if you if you told me that the spread moved two and a half points, I would assume that that was under that that somebody in Vegas knew that Roquan and Akeem Hicks were not going to play because those dudes against Minnesota are incredibly important in their in the Chicago's run defense, and without them. Man, it's hard not to picture Dalvin Cook having a field day. Yeah, no, and again, you know, the Bears have already kind of struggled a little bit against the run there, too, and you have Dalvin Cook coming off that monster game against Pittsburgh. It's a well-rested Vikings team. It, you know, I don't love the six-and-a-half with Kirk Cousins in prime time. I don't love it, but I'm taking it. You know, yeah. that's, you know I'm, laying, I'm laying the points with, with the Vikings here just because of what's going on on the other side. But not only that, too, the, the Bears' secondary has been hit pretty hard with, with COVID as well. So, you know, this is an opportunity here for Cousins to play well through the air as well. So, yeah, no, again, it's to me, it's, it's a clear Vikings play here. It's, you know, the Bears, they've been 0-4 against the spread at home their last four four games. It's just it has all the makings of the Vikings being able to clear this pretty easily. Yeah, I mean, it, it, Chicago is a terrible football team. You know, they're yeah. they're just not very good. This this line is probably going to get to seven, I would think. Maybe there's some buyback there with Chicago, but you know, Justin Fields against a Mike Zimmer defense that's a little bit is is healthier than maybe it's been in a while. At least they're getting they got some guys back. As we mentioned, Darisol, not that you know, he's a rookie, you know, rookie tackle, but you know, it, it's a body on the offensive line. The Vikings offensive line has not been very good in pass protection, but they can they can lean into you and run on you. And again, with no Hicks, if, if Hicks and Roquan are out, it's difficult to imagine how the Bears are capable of slowing down Dalvin Cook 
this is also, I know the Bears defense has sort of had their way with Minnesota, but man, this is, this is Dalvin Cook's season. Like this is when Mike Zimmer knows the chips, chips on the table, back is up against the wall, yada, 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 et cetera, et cetera. He likes to give, and, and Dalvin was, was hurt, had like 200 rushing yards and was still just like just running him out there. They will run him. They paid him and they are not afraid to run him into a, into a brick wall to get into the playoffs. And I think that's what they're going to do on this evening. I think we see a ton of Dalvin cook. I would probably, so we, we with the, I think I agree. That we both like the Vikings. Um, I, I don't really have an opinion on the over or under 45 and a half. As far as props go, I think Dalvin Cook over 92 and a half rushing yards is absolutely bettable. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I actually like his receiving yards a Ooh. little bit better. There's more value there at minus 110, or at least the last time I saw it was at 16 and a half receiving yards. I like the over on that. He's gone over in four straight games. Um, he's in Chicago, 20th in DVOA against passing yards against the running back. So again, you're breaking it down a little bit even more. And it, he's just somebody who's going to see some volume there in the passing game as well. As much as we're talking about how he's going to dominate on the ground, that is a small number for somebody who's still involved in the passing game and has a pretty good matchup there. But quickly, you say you don't have an opinion about the the, the total in this game. I like the Ooh. over. I'm, I'm pretty big on the over on this. Oh, that's okay. What I feel, that's what I probably feel most best about in this game. The Vikings, really? Yeah, I really do. Just because, again, what you see, what we've seen from the Vikings over the last six weeks, basically, have just been all of their games going over. It, it has been a huge, you know, this number specifically, they've gone over in the last six weeks. They're averaging in total, in total of their last six games, 58 points per game. Mm. The over is eight and one in their last nine road games in Chicago, even. You know, again, it's not a prolific offense by any stretch of the imagination, but they had, I believe, 30 points last week against Green Bay. They've had 22.6 points over the last three weeks. That's enough to get you where you need to go in terms of this over on the other side. The Vikings, I think, will handle the rest of the way there, but if they can get to 20 points, which I believe they will, the Vikings will get us the rest of the way. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, you know, they throttled the Steelers, but they still gave up 28 points to Pittsburgh. Yeah, you know, they lose to the Lions, give up twenty nine points to the Lions, thirty four to San Francisco, thirty one to Green Bay. Yeah, they've been they've been coughing up points and this game. God, they play the Bears twice in the next month, and it is it and it is those two Bears games are sandwiching the Rams at home and at the Packers. I mean, you have to. This is a must win game for the Vikings. Yeah. Like they have to find a way to beat the Bears because I think if you beat them on the road. Then you get them at home in week 18. You're probably getting a pretty dejected bear squad, especially if they got a face full of Dalvin Cook. And to your point, yeah, 30, they, you know, they play the Packers 30 to 45, right? In that insane game, um, 55 points against the Cardinals. I think if a, if a, if, if, if they, they were, they're not afraid to get involved in ugly games. But if, but the Vikings are sort of a raise as we talk about all the time, raise your floor type of team. And if that's the case, I could certainly see, Justin Fields kind of we have some a couple explosive plays, you know, give you know you could you could see the the Bears find a way to manufacture 17 to 20 points. Well, that's the other thing too, you know, we're going back and forth here with the props a little bit, but they correlate. The the Vikings, they lead are going into week 15, they led the NFL in sacks. They they've they were been able to put pressure on the quarterback. 
But when you're going up against a mobile guy like Fields, he's already going to run a bunch. And if all of a sudden you're forcing him, flushing him out of the pocket, I feel like that makes him only more dynamic and, and will only maybe create or create the potential for more big plays for the Bears offense. So to me, again, that's just kind of one of those things where, you know, I like his, his rushing over props here, but I also that, that ability for them to get after the quarterback, I think almost helps the over in this game because it's going to make it's going to force, force fields out of the pocket and make him run yeah what uh what is his uh rushing I yards a, i had a 37 and a half yeah i like that over oh it's up to 39 and a half now okay juiced minus 130 to the over all right i'm gonna go ahead and i mean i know this didn't help anybody i've got oh my god i got 40 and a half juiced up to i just didn't help anybody on the um on the podcast, I'm betting it now. <laughs> so I got over, I'm paying an over Justin Fields rush yards, over Dalvin Cook rush yards. I know 92 and a half is a huge number. I get it. It's a little concerning. I don't care. And I think if you're betting on Caesars, you can also, if you want to bet the over um, and, and you like Sully's idea, but you're, you know, you're worried about the game, you know, Cook getting game scripted out. Over 112 and a half uh, rushing receiving yards isn't a terrible bet either because he could easily get there with a jailbreak run or, you know, you get, catch a screen pass in the house for 60 yards and you're there. Yeah. And I believe Alexander Madison not playing in this game, right? Is he dealing with COVID or, or an injury? If, if um, <laughs> this is hard to, this is, uh, he is COVID. He's on the COVID list. Yeah. COVID, right. I, yes. I, I mean, like they're not going to turn to Madison. <laughs> they're not going to yank him out. They're going to go with cook. They're going to feed Dalvin cook. So even if they've got a big lead, you're probably still going to see, Cook until like they would have to be up twenty plus points in the fourth quarter for Dalvin Cook not to be getting some carries, and Dalvin is a maniac. He wants the carries, and like you said, this is a huge game for them, particularly with the opponents coming up. It this is a, kind a of it's a must win out. game. It's a must win game. I mean, yeah. they're six and seven. the The Forty ers have pushed themselves up into that that upper tier of the playoff race in the NFC. If you know, New Orleans wins in Tampa Bay, a massive win for the Saints with with an easy schedule coming up. Minnesota doesn't have an easy schedule, and you if you lose this game, you're six and eight with the Rams, Packers, and then the Bears left, and you feel like maybe the best you can do is seven and ten, maybe eight and nine, but that's not getting you to the playoffs. No, this is a this is a must win game for the Vikings. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm feeling more comfortable about Minnesota um, against the spread, although I mean, obviously you'd rather have a four than you would. Three and a half. Okay, so touchdown, first touchdown scores. I'm going to guess that Dalvin Cook is like two to one or something like that. I mean, what do we think? Uh, plus 310. The one I liked the most was, and again, I saw this at Caesars this morning. It's probably moved since then, but Fields 13 to one. Still, it's still 13 point. to one. Yeah, that's, that's, I like that a lot. Um, Jakeem Grant 20 to one. I know he's mostly a, uh, you know, explosive play guy, but we, I mean, he, he was heavily involved uh, last week. Demir Bird, Demir, Demir Bird was a 20 to one kind yep. of guy, right? Yeah. I mean, basically there's no value on the, uh, on, on anybody from Minnesota, unless you want to take Kirk cousins at 40 to one. I feel like cousins, I, I'll probably splash on cousins at 40 to one, but I don't, I don't love it. Um, you know, look, Dalvin is three ten. That's as low as we've seen a first touchdown score all season. Sully. Justin Jefferson five to one, David Montgomery seven to one. I mean, you don't need to be betting on those. Mooney at thirteen to one, and Field, Mooney at Fields at thirteen to one. I'm probably looking at Conklin at thirteen to one is fine. Cole Komet at nineteen to one. I mean, any of these guys in that 
13 to 23 range, probably ending with Jimmy Graham at 23 to one, only because they roll his dusty ass out there in the red zone and throw to him. It's like, it's sort of like the, uh, the Cardinals do with their running backs. It's like Cole Komet the whole way down, and then, all right, all right, we got Jimmy in the red zone. Let's use him. It's like, why? <laughs> just, what, what are we doing here? I forget if it was a Thursday game or whatever whatever game. It had to have been a Thursday game we were previewing, and we nailed that one. <laughs> we called Jimmy. We were like, Jimmy, they're going to roll Jimmy Graham out there, and he caught it. Yeah, sure enough. Yeah, so I think those would probably be my picks for um, first touchdown score. And, and the other thing, too, you know, we talked about live betting when we were discussing Cleveland and, and Las Vegas. Um I don't know how many people have live betting first touchdown options, but so for whatever reason, my local site does this thing where it caps all touch all first touchdown scores at seven to one on the live the live betting like page, but when it goes live, like usually Dalvin Cook will be like six to one or five and a half to one, and if the Bears get the ball, Dalvin Cook will be seven to one. So yeah. you can sort of jump in there and actually get a little bit of value on. He's like, you know, somebody who you think is probably going to be the first touchdown score, but you don't want to bet him at three to one. You just can't bet three to one. No, no, it's, it's too, it, again, it's just, it's, it's almost enticing for the people who don't know what they're doing. Cause it's just like, Oh, Dalvin cook plus three, plus, it, but it probably is going to be Dalvin cook. That's the thing It's like, but again, it's almost like we were talking about when Nick Chubb in the other game, it's just like, all right, well maybe it's just one of those games where you just, you just lean on it. Cause I, I know we talked about it with Najee uh, at a game earlier this year too. It was, you know, very similar situation where, but it's just like, man, he's just, right. he's just getting the looks. Here's, Here's the here's here's the ultimate like odd stat for for Dalvin Cook. What what do you think his odds are? I mean, if you've seen it, just tell me. But if what do you think his odds are to score three touchdowns or more? Oh, I haven't seen it. So it's it's probably like, I mean, it's probably plus five. Five is it five to one? Uh, it's eight to one. But you're not you're not off. I mean, that's insane to score three it's touchdowns. It's crazy. To, to put to put that in context, it's like I mean, Justin Jefferson's nineteen to one to score three. What do we do? What? How is he nine, three touchdowns is a monster game. How is that? That has to be like 50 to one for any person. What is happening here? Dalvin Cook plus 210 to score two or more touchdowns. He can't, he can't minus 250 to score a touchdown. I mean, they, Vegas is, has some concerns about the, about this <laughs> Chicago touchdown. defense. Yeah. If you no, well, well, in general, I thought you were saying like Vegas has concerns about touchdown bets. Like they, yeah, yeah, yeah. Clearly, they're worried about these. I mean, somebody who hurt you, Las Vegas. Uh, any other props for this game? Um, for me, I like the. It's not crazy value at minus one sixty, but I love the over at Cousins one and a half touchdown passes. Yeah, he's had multiple. He's had ten multi touchdown passes. I think games. we talked about this on the last Vikings primetime game. Last Thursday, you you said you said oh, it's exactly what it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you were like you like he goes over this every time. I know it's a lot of juice, but you should bet it. And he well, and he, he, and he went over time, and, and let's do it again. You know, because he's just he's going over. And the Chicago secondary has been dealing with some COVID issues too, so it's a pretty solid matchup for him on that as well. Yeah, and, and what you see a lot of times too is the the, the yeah Eddie Jackson, Artie Burns, both uh, both out with COVID. Um, oh, Allen Robinson is he? I don't. I don't think he's. I don't think he's cleared. He was on the. He was. He was a COVID guy, but I'm hmm. not sure he's cleared. I'll double check it real quick. No, he's he's on the COVID list currently. I don't think he's been cleared. I think we would know if he'd been cleared. That I mean, would have been that would have came across. I guess in theory he could still test out, but I would not expect to see him play. It would be pretty surprising, I think. Yeah. Huh. I would operate. At least we should operate that he's not playing. Yeah, and really the Bears have been operating like he's not playing all season long. So. <laughs> yeah. 
Spring training is in full swing and fantasy baseball draft season is upon us. That means you need to join us on Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every Monday through Saturday for six pods per week throughout the month of March. We'll break down the latest news, spring training updates, players to target, and much more in just five minutes. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.